Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Nick. And this is the One Word Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the One Word Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 2. And just a reminder, at One Word, our motto is choose it, rep it, live it. So this podcast is all about one word and how we can better embody that in our lives. In today's episode, we're talking about freedom. We're going to talk about what the culture sees freedom as, what we personally understand freedom as, and some ways that we can better step into freedom as we pursue a life on purpose. So here we go. Later, episode two. Here we go with talking about freedom. You ready for this? I'm fired up, man. This is an awesome word. Let's go, dude. I'm pumped. Yeah, the more that I've thought about this, the more that I've realized we could do a whole season on it. And I feel like we say that with every single word. So I kind of regret saying that. And we even <laughs> tried that once. Didn't go as we planned. But there's so much with freedom. And I feel like this is something that is not just a desirable, I don't know whether to call it trait, a desirable like thing in Christian circles, but freedom is like a, a buzzword everywhere. Maybe I shouldn't call it a buzzword, um, but it's something that a lot of people are after. No doubt. That's a good word. Even seeing things like freedom groups or stuff like that, um, it's definitely like a, a trendy or like a buzzword right now, like you said. Yeah. And you see it in so many different contexts, which is also interesting. Um, but but let's just jump right in. Uh, we've got some notes that we're going to walk through as we think about freedom, some definitions. Um, and then we will just kind of bounce off ideas that, that we each have, um, some stories and things like that. So Oxford Dictionary defines freedom as the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants. Another definition of freedom that we've found is that freedom generally is having the ability to act or change without constraint. Something is quote unquote free if it can change easily and is not constrained in its present state. So that definition is a little bit more about change and less about uh, like power as the first definition, I guess. Um, which is interesting. And then lastly, this one is kind of a, a curveball, but human freedom is a social concept that recognizes the dignity of individuals <clears throat> and is defined here as negative liberty or the absence of coercive constraint. Ooh. So that one feels a little bit more political, not in the sense that it's like from the right or from the left, but just in the sense that it, it feels a little bit more like government-oriented, um, like the, the word liberty and coercive constraint just made me think about that. But um, yeah, Laner, I just want to hear your thoughts on, on some of those definitions of, of freedom as we think about how we understand this word. Hey, Nick, thanks for asking that question. And thanks for framing our conversation with a couple of those definitions. I think that's a great help and a great place for us to start this conversation today. 
And I do think those those uh, first two definitions, especially, I think are a lot of times how people view freedom, right? Like there's no constraints. It's basically the power to do whatever I want to do, whatever I feel like and whatever I want to do, it's up to me. And kind of we have that personal control in a sense. I don't know if that makes sense to you at all or if that hits you. Yeah, kind of rethinking of this definition from Oxford, it is the power or right to act speak or think as one wants, there's still like as much of a definition as that is, it's still not defined like what freedom is. It is defined as like as one wants. So I think that kind of leads into the next uh, like talking point or just thought that that I wanted to hit on of freedom as being like individual, like in in Mm. Googling freedom, looking at stuff for, for this episode a lot of the verbiage was your freedom, like finding your freedom, 10 steps, seven disciplines, or like three practices to find your freedom. And I think it's interesting to think of freedom as something that is an individual pursuit. I'm not saying that that's wrong or right, but what are your thoughts on that? Is, is freedom, do you think, more individual or, or it shouldn't be? What do you think? Yeah, Nick, that's a good question, right, is how much of, of freedom it should be thought of as just individually. Um, and when I think of the word freedom, like it just a, a word association in my mind, like financial always comes with it. And I think that that's a big like selling point today. Maybe it's just because we're like fresh out of the college age and we're having to like really step into more and more of these financial decisions and whatnot. And, uh, but I do think like, I don't know if it's right or wrong, but I do think that we associate freedom with like personal freedom, uh, more than anything in our society. Yeah. And thinking about that, I don't necessarily know how you would associate it like communally. Although there are certainly like just thinking of like in our own country's history, slavery, like that was uh, to an extent individual but also much more communal like seeking Mm -hmm. freedom for everyone that was enslaved not just yourself so i guess it applies to to both in that context um but that that brings up another good point of like what when when you're seeking freedom whether you want to phrase it as your freedom or just freedom in general you're seeking to be free from something Mm -hmm. and i think my mind goes to financial stuff too because I think that's a very tangible, like you want to be free from blank. Like you want to be free from living paycheck to paycheck. You want to be free from debt. You want to be free from car payments. Mm-hmm. I Fill in the blank. That's a very tangible one. But I think that a lot of our endeavors for freedom are much deeper than just financial. And we were having a good conversation about this last night with some other guys, which will get into some of that in a little bit. Um, but, but kind of staying on the financial train. So I had heard this stat before and was doing some research on it, but going along with, with the money idea, this is a, a study that was published that says experts say that happiness does increase with wealth, which is interesting, but the correlation peaks at earning $75,000 per year. Which is way less than that's I crazy. Would think, at least, yeah, that's nuts. Like, 
as you increase up to that amount, your happiness also increases. Or you could, I guess, substitute in that like financial freedom also increases. But no matter how much more than $75,000 people make, they don't report any greater degree of happiness. And I've even seen like graphs that show your happiness decreases over a certain hump. That's crazy. Um, yeah, which is, is so interesting. I feel like at our age especially, again, we were talking about this last night, but the, the like wanting freedom – financially and like I think seeing our parents now that we have distanced ourselves a little bit from college like seeing our friends that have a couple years of a job under their belt I think that it just feels like a I don't know a never-ending desire to be free from whatever um financially maybe that's not very good image uh but no I but I, I do think what you're saying is true and that can kind of uh that can kind of take root in like envy or even like pride. Like if we're the ones that feel like we're doing well financially and you can talk to someone else and be like, Oh, this person, man, they've got so much college debt left and their job is paying them nothing. Or it can be envy on the other side of like, Oh my gosh, can you believe it? And this person is traveling every weekend and they've got that sweet car and they're in an awesome apartment in the city. And it can be like one of two ways. And, but it's always that financial piece is right in the middle and it's driving a wedge in my mind. That's not something I share with people or say out loud, but in my mind, I am not allowing, like I'm not experiencing flourishing or like a a healthy view of, of financial freedom in my mind. I'm going one of two ways of, of uh, falling into that pride of like, Oh, this person does not have it figured out. Or can you believe it? Like that would be nice if I could do that. I don't know. No. And I think that's, that's really good because, in a way, envy or that comparison, it is an indicator, right, that what we're seeking in, like, having freedom from our insecurities about our own finances or blank is is much deeper than just your finances. Yes. Like, making more than the other person might give you freedom from that insecurity for a little bit until you meet someone else that makes even more or until you chase like the, the lifestyle that you really want or attain it. So that like the insecurity there that you're really seeking freedom from is not going to be met with, with more money or it's not going to, you're not going to find freedom with that. And I think that another interesting part of that would is, and this is not necessarily, well, actually let's go to the, to the other interesting part of that. Another professor um, of sociology that, that aided, weighed in on this said, I think what my research shows is people can have exactly the same amount of money and feel totally different about whether it's enough for what they want to buy and enough to feel secure. So I feel like now we're kind of dabbling into like the relationship between freedom and insecurity. And that is probably a lot more of like a psychological or emotional conversation that Neither of us are really qualified to, <laughs> to provide expertise on, but it's just interesting to think of of money as that tangible in front of mind example for many of us today as an image of what we're trying to get freedom from and what that is really pointing to as like a deeper issue um, that we're not experiencing freedom. No doubt, Nick. And if we're constantly thinking that and we can kind of fall into like that, I got to climb up the ladder, I got to make more, I got to get this item, then we're not free, 
right? Like we're, we're trapped in that, that cycle of, of trying to move up the ladder, trying to gain more. And so that's really good stuff. That's good research, man. I love that. Yeah. And even in like a capitalist society where you are free to make money and grow your business and start something new, like you are on paper free to do those things. Absolutely. But the question is like, is that translating to freedom or the opposite in your soul? Right. It's like freedom being used as a selling point to make you enslaved to a system, right? Um, we, we've we been going through that book. You mentioned it earlier, The Thing Beneath the Thing by Steve Carter. And Shout out, Steve. Dude, that book is wrecking us in such a good way. We <laughs> so recommend good. it, no doubt. But he gave the example of, I think it's Chase, like how their marketing campaign is that you can have the Chase Freedom Card. And how the average person that owns like a Chase Freedom Card is paying an interest of 14.65%. And that is not freedom in any way. But how we can get that taste and we can be convinced that, oh, this is the Chase Freedom Card. I can spend. I can buy this. It's giving me freedom to be able to do what I want to do. There's that like that personal, like I'm in control, my power, I get to do this again. So I thought that example was perfect. And that's very much like you said, Nick, being part of a capitalist society and how, oh, we think it's great to be free and to make money and to be able to tap into different markets, but how that freedom can become the slave and can enslave us to the trap of like, I've got to go, 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 go. And and it's like, oh, hold on. Where's my soul at? Where's my spirit at? I'm not experiencing true freedom. No, no, absolutely. So yeah, that's a really good example of us finding freedom and things that really don't make us free or trying to find freedom and things that don't make us free. And let's digress a little bit from the, the kind of financial metaphor. We have not intentionally talked about that for the first 10 minutes of this, but, but um, Nick, to put a bow on it, we don't yes. think, we don't think that freedom in a society or being a part of a capitalism society, capitalist society is wrong in any way. We just want to clarify that. But we think that we abuse it personally and we misconstrue that and uh, we create like our own idols that we become slaves to. Hopefully that puts a bow on that financial piece of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I think like a a good way that we could have started off that conversation is just framing it around us. Like personally as Nick Wascom, why do I think that if I get more money, I'm going to be more free from like some of the insecurities that I have? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a great point, Josh. Um, so yeah, digressing from that kind of financial metaphor of what it means to be free and what it means to, to find freedom in finances. Um, let's move a little bit more into that, that word, like finding freedom of your soul that we have both briefly hit on, um, just a little bit. There's a really good example of this that paints the picture of the way that freedom is often, like like humans relationship with freedom more often than not uh, from the Old Testament. Josh, can you cue us in on that? Yeah, Nick, there's a, a crazy story in the Old Testament that most of us are probably familiar with. It's if, uh, you know, you grew up on Bible stories and whatnot and VBS or Awanas, but it's the story of the Israelites and how they were slaves in Egypt and, and God raises up Moses and calls him to free this people. And this is like a real struggle for Moses and he has to approach the Pharaoh and he has to overcome a lot of personal struggles and insecurities. 
And it's a huge, huge, huge victory that these Israelites are able to finally be free from the Egyptians. And just shortly after, they get so tired of the freedom. They get, they start grumbling, they're complaining, they're not used to it. And they actually tell Moses, it was so much better when we were slaves in Egypt and they want to run back to that slavery. And, you know, I, I think we can have a conversation about the implications that that is for us, but how we can run back to slavery because it's, it's comfortable or because it's what we know. And we were having this conversation earlier about how, when we finally do find freedom for something like even, for example, you take your schedule. You have a weekly meeting at 3 o'clock on Mondays, and you finally get that space freed up, and you're like, yes, I've been wanting to get out of this meeting. I've been begging my manager, like, I don't think I need to be in that meeting at 3 o'clock, and that's going to give me so much more time to do these other things. And how maybe shortly after we realize that that time gets filled with other things that are distracting us from what we originally wanted to be freed to do. I don't know if that's a good example, but it definitely hits me. But what are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is like one of the coolest things about the Bible is the way that like a story from thousands of years ago impacts like us today and is such a a powerful metaphor for the Israelites being enslaved for literally hundreds of years, being freed from that slavery and then wanting to go back into it. So thinking of how that like translates to our lives today, like what are what do we want freedom from that we're just more comfortable actually in in bondage? Like it's something that I hear a lot about worry or like anxiety. Like you you want to be free from that, but you actually are like holding on to it because it's comfortable. Like it's it's uncomfortable to just be totally stress free mm. for us today. Or whatever the relationship is that you have that may be like struggling or on the rocks or a little bit awkward or uncomfortable. Like you want freedom from that. But when you're in the middle of like pursuing that freedom or or chasing it, it's way more comfortable to just go back to when there wasn't any conflict, when it was normal, when it was what you knew. Um, So I think that's a really, really powerful example of, the way that we have a relationship with true freedom. I think we should make that distinction. That's really good, Nick. And I think one of the fallacies, like a, a misconstrued view of freedom is really just like escapism mm. and how we think like, oh, freedom is being able to just like run away from all of these problems or whatnot. And how, you know, C.S. Lewis said that badness is really just goodness, like turned wrong and how we mess up i didn't quote that correctly we might need to cut that out <laughs> what what was that quote uh bad badness is just spoiled goodness is that what spoiled it was? goodness that might be it a lot of times when we can like sit down on the couch and just veg out on hours of netflix we think like oh i have the freedom to do this and like my my mind is free from anxiety I'm not worried about anything going on right now. And really that's not that's not freedom. That's not like a healthy way. That's not flourishing. That's not what God intended for our souls and our spirits. It's really just escaping reality and then running right back into that. And uh I know this doesn't have much to do with uh what we're directly talking about, but I like listening to Kerry Newhoff and he says a vacation never fixes 
an unhealthy lifestyle or an unsustainable lifestyle. And a lot of times we think freedom is like, oh, I've got those extra days of vacation this year and I'm going to take off and go. But then when we come back, we're even more stressed. We're even more anxious because more and more work has piled up on us. And that's so good, Nick. I think when we get a little bit of taste of freedom, when we're like making the progress and when times are getting hard, it's really easy to just run back to how it used to be because of what we're comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, that is such a powerful analogy or not even analogy, but just thing to point out of the difference between escaping and freedom. Like escapism feels like freedom, but it's only driving you further from it. Mm. Um, yeah, that Wow. Yeah, that's good. I'm really glad that you made that distinction. Uh, and, and talking, I guess going back to that example of the Israelites, Paul hit on the exact same thing in his letter to the church in Galatians when he wrote, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So I think there not only is Paul like alluding back to what we learned from the Israelites being freed from Egypt, but he's also completely contradicting the dictionary definitions of freedom that we found today. Like, don't use it to indulge the flesh. Don't use your freedom just to do what feels good. Don't use your freedom just to do the things that you are free to do, but use your freedom like in a way that you're using it on purpose, that you're using it in a pointed direction towards something, towards, in this instance, serving one another. Mm. That's so good. I think of like when I was a younger kid and my parents knew what was best for me and they wanted me to like make the right decisions and do the right thing and use my life and my freedom to do the right thing. And so they could tell me what to do and I could try to like, run away from that and rebel against that. But true freedom is being able to like recognize, Oh, that is what's best for me. And I am not in bondage to them, like forcing me or coercing me to do that. But I'm arriving at, this is what's the best thing to do for me. And this is how I'm going to operate in freedom. I think that's a little bit of what Paul's hitting at there, right? Like God, he could have just created the whole world and said like, and made us like, robots or droids or whatever and lifeless and how we just listen and obey and we do the right things but instead the beauty of it is that he did give us freedom and he does give us the opportunity to make our own decisions and make our own choices you know that's kind of like the premise of of one word is that we have the the choice right to step into freedom we have the choice to step into these other words that we talked about and i love that paul at the end of that verse he says but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh but rather serve one another humbly in love. And I think a lot of times we think of freedom as, oh, I've got this freedom to just serve myself and to step into what I want and to grow what I want. And rather, we have freedom as an opportunity to serve others and to shed a light on truth and to be loving and to be kind. And I think that's that's such a powerful verse, Nick. Yeah, and that's a great point that you brought up is is freedom we talked about this kind of in the beginning but is freedom about serving me or is it to be used to serve other people yeah so josh i feel like we can't wrap this episode up without giving the the listeners 
a little bit of a concrete, not definition, but understanding of what freedom is and then how they can take that word and kind of own it um, as they pursue freedom from something specific or, or just in general in their lives. So I'm putting you on the spot here, but but what can our listeners kind of take away as as this is what freedom is? This is by no way like the correct answer. I think, Nick, from our conversation, this is just what we arrived at. And you make your own comments as well. I want to hear from you too. And I'd love for you to leave the listeners with a challenge. But I think that true freedom is being able to live the life that God intends for us, but being able to arrive that way through our own decisions, if that makes sense. Like we're not coerced into this, but we're obeying God because we trust in his intentions and we want to live the healthy life and the flourishing life that he intended us to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think that word that you used just now, flourishing, is is a big part of this. I think from our conversation, the big thing that I would take away to ask myself and is also going to double as the challenge that we have for our listeners is like, where am I mistaking escapism for freedom and how can I intentionally choose to go after freedom rather than just settling for escaping for the length of a movie or a Netflix show or busyness or the gym, whatever it is, fill in the blank. There's a lot of good things that can be spoiled like C.S. Lewis said, through using them as a means of escaping rather than mm. pursuing true freedom. So um, that is our challenge for the listeners. Ask yourself this question. Am I abusing my freedom? Or I think the same question in another way. Where am I settling for escapism instead of pursuing freedom? So mm. think about that. I know this conversation was a little bit all over the place, but that is, is what we want you to take away from this conversation as, as we hope that you can choose freedom, rep it, and live it out. Love it. Choose it, rep it, live it. Thanks for tuning into this episode today. Nick, great thoughts. Love this conversation, man. guys for tuning in to this episode of the one word podcast where we kind of broke down freedom to understand a little bit more about what it is and how we can live it out if you want more content on freedom check out previous episodes of our podcast or you can always visit the website www.onewordbrand.com we would also love if you would follow us on social media give us a review on this podcast it helps us out so much hey that's all we got for you guys today thanks so much for tuning into the one word podcast and we'll see you next time for episode three